world, this is Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to the 95th Church Mag Podcast. Just put a smile on your face and let them understand this is their one time to see you serve in church technology. I get that it should feel special, but it should still feel special within the context of the personality. It should really reflect that body. Walk them through that process where they can see how their small part plays into the larger picture of someone finding Jesus. This week's episode is brought to you by Social Kit Pro. This awesome Photoshop plugin automatically gives you and updates the social media image dimensions. The Social Kit Pro templates currently include Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, LinkedIn, Instagram, and more. Social Kit Pro works with Photoshop Creative Cloud 2015 and newer for both Mac and Windows. Learn more by visiting socialkit.madebysource.com. That's socialkit.madebysource.com. And if you tell us why you would like to have have the Social Kit Pro Photoshop plugin using the CMagCash hashtag, we will pick one of you to give a free license to. How cool is that? Don't forget to use the hashtag CMagCast. On this week's episode, we talk about preparing for Easter. Is your church tech team ready? Are you trying anything new? Should you try something new? Join into the conversation by using the Church Mag podcast hashtag CMagCast. We love hearing from you. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast, and this week we are going to be talking a little bit about Easter, because Easter is just around the corner. Yes, it's the you know the end of February here, but the end of March, it's uh, towards the end of, end of March, Easter is. Yes, Phil? Yes, March 27th. I, I never feel like, you know... It, that's one of those holidays it's really difficult to keep your thumb on because it's constantly moving. Freaking Jewish lunar calendar. By the way, is is Thanksgiving on Thursday this year? Yes. If you listened to last week's podcast, it was a very peculiar episode. Very, yeah, it was it was curious because we were all completely and totally under the weather. It's like the, like the fever dream of episodes. Is everyone feeling better? It only got worse for me. Just so we're yes. Just so everybody understands, because I pretty much died after that. I stayed in bed for two and a half days, and it was the worst. I feel like I told my wife it, this was the worst I've ever been Dang. since my freshman year in college when I tried to sweat out a fever and got to hundred point hundred six point. Eight. That sounds like something a college guy would do. I'll just sweat the fever out. <laughs> yeah, it, it was stupid. I'm bigger than this fever. <laughs> I got this. I probably should have just taken medicine. Probably. That would have been a good idea, buddy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We're just now thinking of that. Oh, you know what? I probably should have taken some medicine for that. Uh. It's it's a miracle that you can even have children. <laughs> <laughs> We're all feeling a bit better. I'm still, I still have some croupiness hanging around. But you know, uh, Christy Henry said on the uh, on Twitter via the the CMagCash hashtag, she said that uh, um, the throat coat tea is magical, and I agree, it is magical. Have Have either of you guys tried that? You cut out. So all I heard was is magical. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. It is magical. No, uh, she said the throat coat um, herbal tea. I didn't know if you guys had tried oh, that. Oh, I, I do throat coat uh, at least once a week. You Really? For my vocal surgery stuff, my, my voice gets worn out pretty easily at school. So uh, either one, either a, like probably one day at school or maybe at church before the evening service, right. I'll use throat coat all the time. Yeah, we, we have it in our cupboard and it's like, yeah. it's it's a little sacred because it's not, it's not like, you know, you bought a box of Earl Grey, 
you know, oh yeah, or something like that. It's not like you can leave it in the cupboard since you got married and then whimsically throw it away. It's not tea you drink leisurely. No, no, this like is it's, medicine. it's clearly medical tea because it tastes like black licorice. It is for it is for healing the body. Now I like the flavor of it, but I will say that due to the the, the you know relative cost of it, it it's more like a medicine. So. Well, I, okay, for me, the, the black licorice flavor, I have adjusted my, adjusted to it. I'm, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But for me, what, what yes, the cost of it, although I've, we found it on sale the past few weeks, so it's kind of nice. Nice. But like we keep it, we keep it on stock. I keep some here at the house. I keep some at school. And then our pastor, he all, um, he does worship Wednesday nights. And so he, he, he had us buy some because um, – for the church because he uses it too. So it's just, it's just a really nice little thing. that kind of soothes the throat, but it's not like right now. My, my, my issue is just my, I'm congested. It doesn't help with that. Hmm. So this helps with sore throat, right. really just sore throatedness. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. If, if the throat is on fire, what do you do for hurt throat? Uh, Jeremy, because you said on Twitter that you don't like tea. He, Essentially, he is the worst. I don't care if my throat is just completely destroyed. I will not drink it. So what? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I hate. I thought you were more cultured than that, my friend. No, it, it's disgusting. You're drinking culture doesn't go in a cup. Come on, Phil. Cups and water. It's so gross. Co- coffee is just ground up beans. beans. How is that? How is? I don't drink it when I'm sick. That's true. I drink I it. I honestly I, drink I, it just because you get the buzz. So, so what do you drink? Okay, okay so clearly Jeremy does drugs. Do you eat vegetables? Because they're just ground up plants too. Oh, tea's the worst. Oh my so, god, Jeremy! So, Jeremy, what do you drink that you enjoy? Since you take, since you drink coffee, like you use drugs. I know, I know that I play up clearly because you you admit you do it for the buzz. I play up this whole let's be silly, let's just push back against everything. But I I love to gargle salt water. That's the thing that I do. And when I get strep throat, which I would get it monthly, it felt like when I was a teenager before I got my tonsils out. I would be gargling salt water daily, every single month, at least one week a month. That was my thing. You know, I, I gargle salt water too for, for different things. I understand that, but I still feel like not liking teas is, is just really weird, bro. He is just the worst. It, it is kind of weird. It's the worst. I'm kind of on the I, fence whether or not to time, edit all that out. I, I see there are times where like teas made me sick, like my stomach, if, if, if I don't brew it right. But then I learned, and then I realized, wait, you can put milk in tea. So I I went to, to England and I learned the proper technique for putting a splash of milk in my tea. And I do that and that helps soften up so I don't get sick anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, like, dude, it's always great for my throat, but it would kill my gut. I honestly wasn't a fan of coffee either, and that took me a while to enjoy, and so I just didn't get into the tea, and it's just not going to be my thing. All right. Well, I, I, I disagree. It's going to be your thing. You just, you just need to learn. You just need to learn. You just need to learn. You better recognize, son. I'm going to freak out when Phil just randomly shows up my, my door holding tea bags, and I'm like, what is this? What are you doing at my house? You need to leave. I, I just imagine Jeremy going to the movie theater and like everyone has their soda and their popcorn and there he is like gargling salt water because he's like, hey, this is good. It's the best. This is weird. The best. All right. Well, let's move on before everyone gets too weirded out. That was, that was my natural Libre. I'm sorry. That was a pretty good impersonation. It's the best. Say it again, Phil. Say it to my face. We, we, I've watched that. I watched that movie like three times last last summer. It's such a great movie. It is a great like, movie. Sit to my face. Say it again. Come again. 
I hate all the... Okay, go ahead. Finish that line. Go ahead. I hate all the orphans in the world. So uh, we are doing... <laughs> last summer is pretty crappy summer in a lot of ways, but uh, we were... Um, the three pastors in my church and one of our in our in our summer intern uh, were putting we had our fireworks you know thingy last summer it rained out and the next day we had to go out there and you know our sneakers and just stand in, in ankle deep water picking up the pieces from the field to bring it back to the church to clean it all up so we're out there we're, we're, we're disassembling tents and we're trying to pack them all up and the intern just starts quoting Nacho Libre just randomly and in a full accent. It was hilarious. He's doing the full nice. th- fake Jack Black Hispanic accent, and he's Filipino himself. Our intern was so that was just it was just it was perfect. It was hilarious, and uh, so that like next week <clears throat> we all sat down and we watched it together. And something happened later that week, and um, someone asked me to do a favor for them. Like, I think it was the I think it was the pastor's wife. <laughs> And it was fun. And I said, no. And then I just as a joke, I, mean, I, I said, no, jokingly. And then to clarify, I, I, I sent a gif of that character saying, no, I hate all the orphans in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And then I realized what you wanted me to do was tangentially related to our foster care program. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. That was a Nacho Libre <laughs> reference. That was not a direct commentary on what we're doing. Wow. So via email from the pulpit, you know how to, yeah. No, anyway, it was all good. She knew what I was doing. She knew what I was doing. She, cause she knew the movie cause her husband had shown it when they were youth, nice. when they were youth pastors and she, she rolled her eyes cause she hates <laughs> it anyway. So whatever. All right. Well, end of February, Easter's around the corner. It's time to get ready. Some people call the Easter service, the Super Bowl Sunday of church services. Is that sacrilegious? I don't know. I think it's supposed to paint like a mental picture of how big the event is. I think it's fair. I think it's a fair assessment of the, of, of the day. Yeah. And with that Super Bowl Sunday kind of mentality and preparation, there there's a lot of pressure, no matter how you cut it. There's pressure for everybody. There's pressure on ushers, parking lot attendants, uh, greeters, just in case you have greeters and ushers, uh, the sound team, the worship team the pastor like everybody it's like turned up the volume is set at 11 well and i think it's not it's it's one of those days where we we, we know that we're gonna probably get more people than usual and so we're we're very cautious to not screw it up because fundamentally that's what it's all about it why it is such a big sunday is that it, it isn't because everyone that you know usually comes to church all shows up, which is usually the case. But I think the, the biggest reason why it is the Super Bowl Sunday of, of church services is because you have so many people coming to the church that don't normally come to the church, just like with Super Bowl Sunday, where you have a lot of people watching the game that don't normally watch football. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a similar dynamic going I think, on. Well, I can't remember if last time we had talked about Easter or just a different holiday, but I know that we had talked about something that was major where we were talking about let's, Try to make sure we keep it simple. Don't put anybody new in the actual different driver's seats of, of parts of your church technology ministry. Don't try out new things because new people are here. Don't try to make this so different and and throw off your church tech team. And whatever holiday that was, I just remember seeing tweet after tweet from random people that may or may not have listened to the podcast and just seeing how they were doing every single thing that we had said not to do where they, 
I don't know if it's their pastor. I don't know if it's their church tech team, but somebody was setting themselves up for failure and they were just so frustrated by the process because they felt like they were set up for, for not succeeding for just absolute failure in that process. Absolutely. And, you know, just like, because apparently I'm stuck on the football analogy, uh, excuse me, um, but I remember when I... It's not, it's not like you're from Europe and know. you have sucre. I know, right? So, when um, I... They call it football. Yeah. They're not doing sucre. Yeah. I, like I like to reference the football as sucre. Right. So we can just be terrible all over the place. Oh, yeah. you want people to hate you. I yeah. see what I did there. It's like, I gotcha. it's like we were watching uh, a movie the other night and we're like, what kind of accent is that woman using? In, you know, she was speaking English, but we're like, what kind of accent is that? It sounds like a little Eastern block. Like, where's she supposed to be? And so the movie's progressing. And then we realized that she then said that she was from Italy. And we're like, oh, that's funny because that's not how, yeah. And then she said where she was from. She said she was from a little town. And then she said the name of the town, which is not little. And then when she pronounced the town, it was wrong. It was just like, wow. So. Is it like in movies though? Sometimes, yeah. like when they speak, I guess it's kind of, this is really silly and way off topic. But um, when, in some movies, when they do a foreign language, like in America, like the new, so when they go to other countries, they take um, they they take that foreign language and they throw it into like an even an even different language. So, for example, like in in, in an American movie, where they speak, where the character speaks Italian, and in an Italian in the Italian version, they speak. Um, Spanish. Well, what, you heard that before? Well, like I know, like the Dora the Explorer thing. Mm-hmm. Like instead of doing the Spanish word, she does the English word. Does she? Yeah. Hmm. And I and I will say that you know once you do live, you know, in another country and you hear how the natives speak English as a second language, and then you hear, watch a movie of of that characterized like the classic Italian movie accent. You know, hey, how did you do? And, you know, like that, that's just, mm. that doesn't exist. Life is completely shattered right it's now. completely wrong. To do. But it's, so. Can we just go back to the whole, like, the natives comment you just said I'm there? Sorry. I almost want to clarify I'm sorry. What, what you meant by that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's digress. We're, I, I had a point, dang it. Oh, the football, the, the sports analogy. And that is coaches would always say, if you don't, um, if you don't do it in practice, you're not going to do it on the field. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, and, and the same could be the same needs to be applied here. You know, if you're not doing it in practice. Right. Right. Don't do it on the field either. Either you're it, it goes both ways. Right. So, mm. you know, uh, you don't do the trick play unless you've done the trick play in practice a lot. You know, and if you're not, j- j- you know, it, it's also said, like, if you're not, you know, hustling or working hard in practice, then, you know, you can't do that on the field. And that applies, too. But it also applies in what you're prepared to do mental, mentally, physically as a team. And the, sa- the same goes for tech teams and worship teams. You know, you don't just you what worship team does a brand new song, you know, the day. Of? Right. Right. Never. You know, they always practice first. Um now, doing a new song for Easter Sunday and only practicing for a week, that might not be a good idea either. But I think this this uh, brings up an, uh, an overarching point as far as the philosophy behind the Easter Sunday service. And while the Easter Sunday service is special, and we do have a lot of special guests, um, I sometimes wonder if the, the, the fanfare that we establish um, contributes to us really losing sight to the whole the whole meaning and purpose behind Easter Sunday. 
as we put so much focus on all these extra things that really have nothing to do with it. And if we really are having lots of visitors, I do understand that we should put our best foot forward and make a good impression. And I, I believe all those things are true, but I'm afraid that sometimes we take a little bit too far and we put, we put on, um, we put on airs that just don't exist. And we, 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 we come across fake and not real. And I, I wonder even before we get to that point, And I think all that's true. And I think needs to be said is that people pick your church for a reason. So why not stick with what, the reason that they picked your church was for. And even if it's a friend of a friend of a friend was the one that had made the recommendation to come to that church, why not continue on with that and let that be your driving force? Because that's been your identity for your church the last 364 days of the year. Why not go one more day with it? Because that's what inspired them to be there. Well, and then, and then that's a great point, Jeremy. And then on, you know, on the on the back end of that, why why risk looking deceitful when you do something one you do one thing on one day and they come back the next week for what they come back? Holy smokes! You've actually like, you've you've reached the the pinnacle, right? And then they come back and your whole thing is different. Well, and I think that there's good nature behind the process of wanting to reach as much people as you can and you have this new audience. But if you, I think if we go back to last week's episode of serving from excellence, you haven't practiced this, like any kind of skill you ever have basketball or football or anything else. You don't just wing it and try it out to the first time because you're going to be awful at it. You don't throw an orchestra together. That's never played together because nobody's going to want to come back and listen to that because it's going to make awful music. And we, I don't know if it's a, we think that technology is just going to autocorrect for all of our fallacies, but that it's not the case. Technology is there to enhance. And if technology is not working correctly, it's not enhancing anything unless it's just enhancing awfulness. Yeah. And I think that, that, um, you know, church, teams as a whole before Easter would really serve themselves well if they would all come together. And I know the last thing churches need is another meeting, but I think that if everyone got on the same page, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. Amen. And amen. I think if the teams came together and really outlined, like, what is the goal of our Easter service? What are we trying to accomplish? Right? Because I'm sure no one would say, well, the goal is to impress people. That would never be the goal, right? You know, what are we trying to accomplish? And, and you know, corporately figure out what the goal and what the aim is, and then let that statement of what the goal of the church is for that particular Sunday. Everyone uses that statement as a barometer of whether or not something should or shouldn't be done. And from that, I think that, that it would really weed out a lot of these, these um, uh, you know, some of the new things that that people suddenly want to do out of nowhere <clears throat> that people want to do suddenly out of nowhere and and it would also change a dynamic that I think oftentimes happens in churches where Easter Sunday feels so different and i I get that it should feel special, but it should still feel special within the context of the personality the personality and and it should really reflect that body just like we always say that a website should be should be accurate and should reflect the people and the culture and the DNA of that church. So should your Easter service. And I'm a, 
I'm a male, I'm a husband, so I feel like I've worked with stupid all my life as I've worked in my own body and mentality. So I feel like we need to be specific for any pastor out there that wants to say, well, but this is a little thing. This will enhance fully and, and thoroughly so much stuff. Don't do it. But but it, but it's a small thing. It, it's going to improve our communication and improving communication is great, right? And this is the most busy time of year. We need to make sure we have that communication. It's okay, right? Don't do it. I, I, I just, I don't know if it's that they are trying to justify and, and it comes from a good place, but don't do it, people, please. Right. If anything, what should be probably being done is making sure that everything that you currently have in place is is working like it needs to. This isn't the time to get a new website. And this might not, This probably isn't really a time that you should be revamping your website. What you should be doing is going through your website and making sure that all the information is accurate. Right now isn't the time to get a new soundboard. Right now is the time to make sure that the soundboard that you have is configured properly and being used as it should be. And I, I think that, that if you take that mindset across the board, you'll really set yourself up for a win because Easter Sunday is special and it should feel different. So I don't want people to get the idea that what we're saying is, is that your Easter Sunday service should be just like every other Sunday service identically and it shouldn't feel special in any way. That's not what we're saying. What we're doing is we are, Jeremy, you're going to love this, we are pushing back against what is often promoted. He's still my beating heart. <laughs> <laughs> because when push comes to shove, a lot of the hype that you see online from church tech blogs, from church tech in general, a lot of the hype that you see, fundamentally, the bottom line is they want you to buy something to prepare for the Easter Sunday service. I feel like we get into this mentality about being about the project itself and not necessarily about the people that are serving the product. And, and we've I've done a, a couple of, di- we had talked about that rebranding process a couple episodes ago. And when we did that with our, my current agency that we're with, one of the things that they made sure that we understood in this process was while we are rebranding, we're not changing as an organization because we're still moving forward with what we do. It's just how we're trying to convey that and, and enhance that is going to be a little bit differently. And they can, they continue to invest in this process that the most important person in this entire process was the client. But without having healthy counselors and staff people, we were never going to serve those clients well. And I think that within the leadership of a church, if we recognize that we can serve really well and do amazing things on this Easter service, it may look a little differently than normal. That's amazing. But we have to keep that mindset that if we don't have the team fully running and at their most perfect process, you're not going to ever achieve that. And you're devaluing your team in that process of saying, I'm going to feed you to the walls. Let's just see how this goes. And if you can't cut it, then I'm going to be a little upset. And I don't think that I think that people just miss that point. So they stop valuing their team. Well, I, th- I think too, that um, it, when we, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm all, I'm all craggly still there. Pardon me. I, I think too, when, when we, <sighs> when we forget that the church exists to bring people to God and that includes visitors and the volunteers. And I think sometimes we get so excited about there's new people coming. There's new people coming. We, we forget that this whole process, you know, 
Let me put it in the positive sense. One of the things that we think we should try to do is we prepare for our Easter services, find ways to uh, demonstrate for our volunteers how they are now taking part in a most sacred journey of some of someone from the outside to the inside, from someone from darkness to light, and let let them share in that that joy of of the victory of someone coming coming to Christ, and let them let them see things that way because then. We uh, we're, then Jeremy. Even if the Easter celebration is more stressful or more frustrating, even if you don't try and do quote unquote brand new things, but you try something different, just because it's a special day and you want to do a special celebration, then all your volunteers can see the joy and the wonder behind the added stress. If that makes any sense at all, I don't know. So where do we where do we draw the line of wanting to have amazingness and? not setting our team up for failure and how do we communicate that to a leadership that ultimately is disconnected from how much time, energy, talent, skill has to go into that technology, the the repetition and the habits of understanding the shortcomings that no website is ever going to tell you for your church. How do we communicate that well to a leadership that honestly is just ignorant about that process? I don't know. Well, unfortunately, you know, a lot of a, a lot of our church culture and, and DNA is dictated, you know, from the top down, and so making change from the bottom up can can be pretty difficult. Um, but I think that if we just continue to kind of beat the drum and respectfully and thoughtfully present pushback, that um, you know, through that process that there will be change and there can be change as well. You know, when, when, when something's presented to you and you say, well, you know, I, I disagree and here's why. And I, I think a lot of times as church techs, you know, we, we, we push back too hard or we come across know-it-all-y or, you know, there, there's these different kind of, uh, uh, oh gosh, what do you call it? Stereotypes that they can make it difficult for us to make change from the bottom up. Um, and, and so I think that if, if we, if we have a good heart attitude and, and not expect huge change overnight, that, that we can really, you know, begin, begin to turn this thing a little bit more. I, I agree. And I think that that's a, that's what every church tech person should do. But I still think that we have a month and a half, two months until church technology. And that's going to be something that takes months and years to get there. And so true. is it just sorry, Charlie, for 2016, or is there stuff that we can do now? The things that you can can control within your own team, I think, is important. And and, and to to really check your heart and have this, and be mindful of this all the time, because when you're in the meetings and people are pitching around ideas, you know, you can present some pushback and some food food for thought, and you can lead by example, but by not trying to throw in a bunch of new stuff and new toys and whatnot. Well, and I think you're making an assumption that maybe isn't true. I've been on three different church tech teams and never had the ability to speak into the process that you're talking about, Eric. Mm. And I wonder if we are... Okay. Well, maybe that's a problem. Yeah, I wonder if we if we don't have a seat at the table, then we shouldn't have expectations. Whereas if we do with leadership, if we have that ear for the person, if we are actually doing really well... Um, I'm reading through the book of Nehemiah because I'd love to see a a specific church tech devotional on this from church mag. Mm -hmm. And as I'm doing that, if you read through Nehemiah, it starts off with, he's the cupbearer to the King. He has earned 
his spot at the table to have just to hear and to listen. And he's developed such a relationship with the King where no one would ever perceive to do something like this. He asks for a favor and he's been able to just sit there and listen and do his job and serve so well that he can do that. And then he takes that moment where he, he has this passion and vision from God that he goes forward and, ask for it. And I think, I wonder with church technology, if we don't, I I think that we ask for it, but we never actually have that authority to ask and we don't have that seat at the table to ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've talked about this some before in the past. And one of our conclusions uh, was the fact that because technology has moved so quickly in a short amount of time, that has a lot to do with why there isn't a seat at the table. Because 20 years ago, there was no need to have such a seat and 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 now there definitely needs to be um and and so um so yeah that needs to happen and my guess is that even if you are the most forward thinking church you don't have all the details worked out and you probably still even today can speak into the church's process for the easter service and so i wouldn't hesitate i wouldn't hold back and i would try to invest in that process and just see if you can Give credence and give voice to it, not necessarily to go and change everything because you're it's a short process, but just let them know. I'm really worried that our team's not fully trained in this, and I don't know if we have enough time or or you just speak for your team, but you speak for the people in general in that process. All right. Well, um, before we go, maybe a quick uh, quick tip. Uh, Easter service kind of tip maybe we can leave everybody with I'll start since I brought it up I'll give you guys a chance to think about it while I speak um, sure you're going to take I, the best when I see how it is no no, no that's not how it is um, <laughs> I think the big take the big takeaway is in, in approaching a healthy in having a healthy approach towards preparing for the Easter service is think of your own home okay when you have guests over clearly you don't want it just looking like it does on any given Saturday afternoon, right? I know that's truly who you are, you know, as a person, but you're having guests. So, you know, pick up, tidy up, run a vacuum over the floor, um, you know, wear, wear, wear some nice clothes. I mean, you're having people over for dinner, right? You might use a little bit nicer silverware or, you know, table settings, you know, might not be using paper plates or anything like that, right? Uh, so you are presenting your, your best foot forward, but you did not, you did not go down to the furniture store to order, at least I hope you didn't, a new sofa for the guests that are coming over. And, and you didn't go, hopefully not, go to uh, the mall and everyone got new clothes, right, to get all spiffied up to wear for the very first time and probably only time of when you have these people coming over to your house. That's not what you do, right? So th- take that kind of you know, word picture and apply that to the preparation of the Easter service. Yes, this is a celebration. Yes, you have guests and you should act as though it is a celebration and you should, and you should present yourself as though you're having company coming over for the very first time, but just, just don't go overboard, right? Stay within your means in, in, in all shapes and sizes. All right, go guys. I think that one of the best things you can do as like I said earlier, is take your volunteers through the process, um, and 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 that means two things. One, take, take them back to square one and say, "Hey guys, don't forget to you know two weeks from now, three weeks from now, four weeks from now, we're gonna have a lot of visitors here that day." 
You know, we're going to have two services. There'll be some different things. We might change service order. Service will be service will be shorter. It'll be longer. So just be aware of these changes. Please make sure that we're 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 guest focused that day because there'll be new people here and they'll they'll be confused and a little bit scared, a little bit nervous. Make them feel welcomed. But then secondly, walk them through that process where they can see how their small part plays into the larger picture of someone finding Jesus. And that's uh, an incredible um, privilege to enter into that into that process and help them feel like they are an and an absolutely uh, vital part of that process. They say just go for total anarchy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm an agent I think- of chaos. <laughs> you can make things so terrible. Um, I think that. I think I want to follow along with Phil. I was going to go just a slightly different route in the sense that this is your one time to meet a lot of different new people. And so just put a smile on your face and let them understand this is their one time to see you serve in church technology. And you have so much behind you that has made you want to serve. And so why not try to communicate that as people join your church this year? I know that you're really focused on getting things done and making sure things happen. But make sure you communicate how important this is for you and just keep a smile on your face, even when it's frustrating. I think that that's really important. All right. Well, may your Easter service be full of success. Remember, as I said at the start of the podcast, if you tell us why you would like to have a copy of the Social Kit Pro Photoshop plugin using the CMAGCash hashtag, we will give one lucky person a free license. Don't forget the hashtag CMAGCast. And if you have a question, comment, or suggestion, use that same hashtag or visit churchmag forward slash riddle me this. If you enjoy the Church Mag podcast, please let us know by leaving us an iTunes review. If you don't like the podcast, I'm surprised you made it this far. But if you really still don't like it, um, email Phil. Until next week. May your Easter bunnies be rabies free. <laughs> there. And I hope you find the eggs Jesus hid for your children. <laughs> and may you find the hard boiled ones this season, not next. Any of the eggs. Someone's sacrilegious. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And the eggs aren't as big a deal, but the, but the hard boiled eggs, you let those go too long. Man, oh man. Bad, bad things. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. One does not simply become the best podcast in the world with no context. (laughs) 